Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Late Night Linux Extra, recorded on the 27th of August 2020. I'm Joe. And I'm Kyle. And so you decided to come back despite all the hate that you got from people in comments everywhere. Yeah, uh, well it's been like two or three weeks of delayed hate that I haven't had a chance to defend myself from. (laughs) Yeah, because we recorded them ages before we actually released it, so... Yeah, you were kind of waiting, and then it came out, and then everyone was like, oh, this guy should just uh, stick to Windows. He obviously hates Linux. He has nothing good to say about it. To be fair, some people did get it and understood what this was supposed to be about. Yeah, I could see, I could appreciate all the comments, and I can see how it came off as very, very cynical. And I'm hoping to address some of that and just respond to some of the things. Yeah. So we will talk about Pop! OS in a bit, but first let's let's talk about this uh, feedback that we got. So what do you think about this idea of that you should just stick to Windows and Linux is obviously not for you? I think I'm going to switch to Linux. It's just a matter of actually applying myself and probably not using it on a a secondary laptop. I need to find a distro that I can just go all in again on my desktop because I think what's really limiting the experience is using it on a laptop that's a little bit older and apparently is giving me more issues than everyone's saying I should have. Yeah, I think that maybe the hardware in that just doesn't like Linux for some reason. Yeah, and again, I mean, as we mentioned the first time, like my build right now is all AMD, which is supposed to be super sweet for Linux, and I just never got around to installing Linux again once I set up Windows on it. So Yeah, so maybe on a second SSD or something, or, or maybe just go all in and just stick it on the NVMe drive. Yeah, I've got two of them in there, so works out. Oh, nice. So you did buy that. You told me you were thinking about buying one, and I said, don't be ridiculous, but you went and did it anyway. That was a different one that I, I did <laughs> okay. choose to not buy, but I have two one terabyte 970s, nice. which should last. I mean, they should outlive me, really, but I'm going to buy the 980 when that comes out. <laughs> yeah. People said that you need to accept that Linux is not Windows, and it's going to mean adapting to a new operating system. Have you accepted that? Somewhat. I think there's still things that can be more user-friendly about Linux. Uh, for example, the like I, I got a lot of hate for... People would say things like, from a Windows point of, user point of view, if you double-click something and it doesn't work, then it's just broken, and that's the end of the, uh, the search there. But I think if, if Linux is so powerful and everyone's like, oh, just pull up a terminal and then do this and then it'll work, why are there not more graphical interface options for that? Like, I don't know why clicking is quicker and more efficient than typing. And I don't know why everyone's stuck on the seemingly enjoying to type in terminal commands all the time. Well, that's just Linux culture is because there are so many different desktop environments and user interfaces. The one common feature among all Linux distros is the terminal, pretty much. Although you can have different shells in the terminal, it starts to get a bit complicated. But generally speaking, you're going to have a bash terminal on Linux. And so it's pretty much going to work the same. So if you're using an Ubuntu-based distro or a Fedora-based distro or whatever, it doesn't matter what the user interface is. You can pull up a terminal and you can apt install or DNF install or snap install or flat pack or whatever. And so I think that's why we have this culture, because there's such diversity of interfaces, you've just got this one commonality. And so it makes sense to just default to that. Yeah, but I think every distro should have the basic things as a graphical interface. Like I remember having to pull up the terminal to go to also mixer and change the sample rate of my uh, interface. That's something that shouldn't have to happen on any distro. Like there should be the graphical tool already done that can just do that. I mean, this the uh, the code's already there to change it. 
Why not just make it easy and have it be a button? But that's just a mild inconvenience. There must be graphical interfaces for that. It's not something that I've ever used, though, because I always just stick to 1644.1. So it's, uh, I don't know, but there's bound to be something. If it's not installed by default, you should be able to install a graphical tool for that and not have to run Mixer. Yeah, I guess the way that I'm looking at it is I'm critiquing it as like, if I install this out of the box, how does it work? Like, how would the an ordinary person deal with this, which is me in this case? And I want the answer not to be like, oh, in, you know, apt install this program. Like, no, just put that in the distro. Like, have the basic things that people are going to try to do. Don't make them go elsewhere to figure that out. And that, I think, really drives people away, which there's been a lot of discussion about as well. To be fair, it's not exactly a standard thing to want to start changing your interface settings. That's pretty advanced stuff. No, everyone has Winamp installed. Everyone puts their sample rate to 2448. This is common. This is the first thing your parents are going to do when they install Linux. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. When I installed Linux for my mom, she was like, yeah, complaining about her audio interface straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I first boot up a computer, I'm like, okay, where's my Winamp visualizations? That's what I need going on. All right. Well, you mentioned Winamp again. We've got a lot of people saying, Try Strawberry, try Audacious, try WebAmp, which is like a, a HTML5 and JavaScript-based one. There's, there's plenty of options for getting a Winamp-like music player. And I need to give all those a real shake. Uh, just on my laptop isn't the ideal place. Like on my desktop with my other interface is where I would do all my actual sitting and listening. So that's why I'm interested in actually just flashing an entire hard drive and getting this going so I can try these again. I think Dead Beef was the most recommended one, so I'm interested in seeing that. Okay, okay. A lot of people said, why did you pick Zubuntu? That's a terrible choice for him. Well, that was partially to troll you and partially because it's my beloved distro and I wanted your opinion of it. I thought it might be funny. I knew it was a troll. And I mean, it was exactly what I thought. It's exactly like the picture showed. It's exactly like I remembered. It's not something I would use every day. But I guess there's a lot of discussion about how most users in your community don't seem that interested in how flashy it looks just as long as it does the job. And mm. I don't know, user interface is something that I really notice. So I like it to look consistent. I like it to, like, every app should be the same. They should conform to the same guidelines. And it shouldn't just be hideous like XFCE is. Well, that's what people said. Oh, you should try a different implementation of XFCE, like Manjaro, for example. I haven't rechecked out Manjaro, but again, from my memory, the the stock skin on that was really cool. I did like that. Yeah, well, I definitely want to make you try Manjaro at some point, whether it's XFC or KDE or whatever. People also said, he's a Windows guy. Make him use Mint or Zorin or KDE, something that's much more Windows-like. KDE is next. The next one I'm going to try is KDE. It looks like it's very smooth as far as looking like Windows and kind of behaving like Windows. Yeah, and it's almost infinitely configurable as well. So anything that you don't like, you should hopefully be able to fix. And I also just want to fit this in here too. The Someone mentioned that uh, night mode wasn't available on Windows till some point in Windows 10, which is true. But I've been using uh, Flux for night mode, and that's been working since I think all the way Windows 7 or before. And I remember uh, rooting my phone in 2013, 2014, and having an app on there that would put on the night colors, like switch it to an amber hue. So I don't think night mode was really a big thing and still, until Google and Apple implemented it natively on their phones. And then it 
from what I remember, like the desktop kind of followed suit and Microsoft was like, okay, we'll put this in Windows. And I don't know when GNOME got it natively, uh, but that, that was like the the big thing for when that came out on Ubuntu. I was like, cool, like maybe this is something that I could get at home with. Yeah, I think it's been around on KDE Plasma for quite some time as well. I'm not sure exactly how long. It's not something I've ever implemented myself, but I've heard people talking about it for as long as I can remember. And I also want to plug in here, like the night mode on Windows natively sucks. Like I don't use it. I don't think it's a good, uh, it just doesn't look good. It doesn't work right. Uh, Flux is what I want to, the product I want to plug here. That's my favorite night mode setup. That's justgetflux.com. Oh, are you sponsored by that? Yeah. If you want to install it on Linux, though, uh, your mileage is going to vary. It's, for me, it just didn't work. I don't think you need to. I think there, there are other ones. The name escapes me right now. I'm sure people are screaming it at their headphones. But um, Yeah, there's Redshift, I think, is one of the big ones. Or, yeah. 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 So you need to try that out, definitely. As I said, some people got it, but some people didn't. They said, stop complaining about Linux. And Linux has this culture, right, of everything's awesome and you've got to give everything the benefit of the doubt. And that is, as far as I'm concerned, toxic positivity. It's like this idea of you can't ever criticize anything and everything just has to always be great. And if you go into it like that, then nothing's ever going to change. And the idea of these chats with you was to get someone who was interested in Linux, but was critical, a real critical thinker and a bit cynical maybe, to have a look at it and be honest, be completely honest, so that we as a community who are so far in the bubble of desktop Linux that we don't see some of the issues with it, I wanted you to come and shake things up a bit, which you have. We've never had as much feedback than when you were on the um, the main show, not extra like this, but when I played clips from it and we discussed it. it we've it, just been inundated with feedback and so, I, I don't know, that was the point of it, it was to start a discussion, was to, to kind of open people's eyes. And some people have just dismissed it out of hand, whereas I don't think they should. I think there is value in hearing your criticism. And it's, it's coming from a, a good place. I f- love Linux. I love using it every day. I'm staring at it right now. And I want it to be better. And I don't have the technical skills to make it better. And it's not just complaining about it for its own sake. It's it's complaining about it so that hopefully, as a community, we will realize this and it will be pushed forward. It's just, you know, a, a tiny contribution to the discussion of it all. I'm glad you mentioned that you, like, you want it to be better, but you don't have the technical skill to be better. And that's basically where I'm at. Like, I, I look at it and it's like, oh, this UI could be tweaked here or they could do this differently or here's all my, like, my critic review, my opinion on it. And I'm just, I'm kind of, you know, I'm powerless to code or work on an operating system in such a way. So I'm limited to just being a critic. And again, I, I think I've been overly critical in the past two uh, interviews. And I really appreciate the, like, the emails that you forwarded me of everyone who had, like, paragraphs of, like, good feedback or relatable info that made me feel a little bit more valid in, like, my complaints about it. You would hear longtime users saying, yeah, these are things. And just to be clear, I have not overlooked all the issues on Windows, but I think as someone on one of your shows said, I'm so used to them that I'm just, I'm not bringing them up. But in, on the inverse, when I'm on Linux, like one thing goes wrong. It's like, okay, I'm furious. Like, how did this happen? This operating system sucks. Yeah. But definitely not an advocate of Windows in all ways. I mean, there's the privacy concerns. But past privacy going to Linux, it became a UI concern more. I just noticed that I've 
yes, Windows has glaring problems that I don't want to say I overlook, but I just didn't mention them for the sake of this whole experiment because I know they're there. I've already gone as far as to say I would like to switch. I want to do something different. But ultimately, like, yeah, it's a comfort thing. Like, I know how to fix Windows problems. I have to Google and hope that I'm going to be able to fix Linux problems. So that comes with the like getting used to it and uh, learning it and applying myself thing. Yeah, that is something that you were criticized for is your lack of Google foo. Like you couldn't find a, a Winamp replacement. Like you should have Googled harder is what people said. I've, you know, I browsed the relevant app stores of whatever distro I was on. I've, I went to Reddit. I don't know where else you go to find out these things these days. There's not really any forums that I'm active in anymore. But I, it just seems like at large, the Linux community is not that concerned about media players. So that's, again, that's just a personal problem. And if I had the skills, I would, I would make my Winamp uh, revival on there. <laughs> and you wanted a specific skin as well, didn't you? Not the standard one. Uh, yes. The st- well, not the standard one from old, old times. Like the, the latest revision was called Bento. And that's the one that I use on Windows. But technically, it's a stock skin. It's like their their last revision of the stock skin. Right. Anyway, enough enough Winamp. <laughs> yeah. You can go to Winamp.com and sign up to get early access to when the new Winamp comes out. <laughs> it's been about three years that I've been waiting there. Wow. The thing is, you're going to have to get used to substituting applications, especially proprietary ones. Stuff like VLC or whatever is going to work and Firefox that's just going to be available natively. But you're just going to have to accept that things won't be exactly the same because it's not a drop-in replacement. Yeah, you're right. I can't expect exactly the same experience. But user interface-wise, I guess I want it to be as close to Windows as possible because I feel like that just makes the most sense. Uh, I was criticized, I think, for... uh, Someone said that I can just double-click the margin of a window on GNOME to maximize when I was complaining about the, the lack of a maximize or a minimize. Hmm. And, you know, double clicking is is two clicks, maximize button is one click. So, okay, it's different. But in terms of efficiency, I can move the mouse over there pretty quickly with precision and just click maximize. And Pop! OS has, uh, they were advertising on their latest one, all the, uh, the keyboard-based navigation, which I didn't really bother to learn. I was like, okay, why can't I just click around here, though? So maybe I'm less on the keyboard and more on the mouse, and that's one of my main issues with using Linux period because it's going to be go to terminal type stuff instead of click on thing, click on other thing. Yeah, and you can run the terminal with like uh, the Windows key and out and T or something. You mean the command key? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sorry, command. or Looking for my super key? Yeah, yeah. So, all right, let's talk about Pop! OS then. You didn't use it for very long, did you? Because you don't really like GNOME is the bottom line. Yeah, I want to like GNOME, but it's just something about it that's too wonky. Too different. Too different. Too, uh, you know, I don't want to get into it, but it wasn't my preferred uh, desktop environment. (laughs) There was another issue, though. So here's, like, what do people use their computer for? They're going to go on the internet. Comes with Firefox. You click on that, it works. Cool. They're going to maybe listen to music. There's a stock music player in every one. It will just work. Maybe not at a, you can't change the sample rate easily, but you're going to be able to hear sound. Uh, watching videos or playing games. Those are the two things that I think I'm stuck at here because, so I was on vacation, plugged in HDMI to a TV, played a video file that I had locally that I know works fine. There's just a weird uh, sort of dropout. Like it wasn't screen tearing this time, but it was some sort of delay or it was actually just dropping frames on the TV, which was 
If you have a good eye, you notice it. I mean, if you don't have much attention to detail, I guess it doesn't bug you that much. I can't say if that was my hardware or if that was just the Xorg, I think is what I'm referring to here. But it doesn't seem to do as good as Windows. It's just plug in the cable, show me exactly what's on my laptop on the TV. I'm trying to watch a video. I don't want to see anything screen tear and I don't want frames dropped. To me, I don't think that's too much to ask. And uh, what are we in 2020 now? Yeah, it's funny that um, I have another friend who I converted to Linux uh, a little bit. He ended up going to Mac in the end. Um, but he said that he doesn't understand it. Like he plugged his laptop in, the Linux laptop, into the TV, and then there's just nothing on the screen. And I said, well, no, it's extended your desktop. He said, well, no, the Mac just clones the, what's on my laptop onto the, the screen. What, I don't understand. He, he couldn't understand the concept of an extended desktop and two monitors, essentially. Yeah, the extended desktop I get, and that was the default, which I found mildly annoying. But again, that doesn't really matter because you just change it to clone. But uh, I actually had to refer to you on this one. I had an issue where the sound was still coming out of the laptop speakers. And I was like, okay. But if you plug an HDMI to a TV, you might think that it would follow, that you want the sound to pass through the TV. And I don't know why that's something you even have to toggle. Again, these are fixable things. But from an out-of-the-box user experience... Why aren't these things just set up the way that like most people are going to use them, I guess, is my, my complaint there. I think the problem is the number of different sound cards that Linux has to deal with and different drivers and everything. So it can't guarantee that it's going to switch over properly. You're right. It did see when I pulled down the drop menu, there, were, there was a lot more than you would see on Windows. Yeah, because I made you install Pavu Control and then just disable your internal sound card and then or, or just change the output at least to hdmi yeah regrettably the one thing i didn't try on pop os was gaming which i know that's like uh one of their big selling features yeah and i just the gaming is going to have to be done on my desktop so i can't really even give that a proper review if i'm using a 960 <laughs> oh yeah yeah a 960 it's so terrible and ancient it is this thing's like from 2016 are you kidding me 2015 <laughs> I don't want to use that crap anymore. Speaking of ancient, uh, I got Electric Sheep working on Pop! OS. I had to use a PPA, though, which I've talked about before, how I don't really like that method. And someone did weigh in. Uh, I don't remember if it was an email or on the thread, but how they said, yeah, that's not like an ideal method because you're just kind of dropping your trust onto some single developer to install that software. Yeah. But uh, that's, a, that's a success story for you guys. Electric Sheep was functional. <laughs> But overall, you just don't like GNOME, so it's just not going to happen. So we're going to have to stick to KDE, I think, or um, possibly Cinnamon or um, Mate, maybe. But we're going to have to stick to traditional style or window style uh, desktops. There's, there's not much point in you trying elementary OS, for example, which is um, somewhat Mac-like, shall we say. Yeah, and uh, I do need to do like a double test with a different laptop to make sure that my video card is just not problematic because so far I've had the screen tearing or dropping frames issue on sending HDMI. And everyone's saying that's not normal, that shouldn't happen. I don't want to say that maybe they just don't notice it, but I need to find out of like, is there a problem here? Is this really the experience that everyone has? And I'm the only one who can yeah like discern that there's an issue here. Yeah, I think that, we need to get you on your desktop is the bottom line. 
on bare metal, no VMs or anything. Just install it properly on your desktop and just just go for it. Because you can install Windows pretty quickly, can't you? You can back everything up, so it's not the end of the world if you don't stick with Linux. But you you do want to switch to Linux anyway, don't you? I do. Here's like here's the main thing that's holding me back. I've got a an SSD, not an NVMe drive, just one of like an 860, I think. That's two terabytes, and that's all uh, music. So I want to get that physically out of the computer, and I want to have that safe to know, like, whatever goes wrong, like, here's the stuff that's important to me that I don't want to have to, like, re-download, refind, go on Bandcamp, spend hours downloading. Well, the the SSD that's got all your music, you can just unplug the power cable, surely. You're asking a lot of me. There's two screws. It's a, a glass case. Like a chance of breaking it every single time. Yeah, I've got a glass case on this desktop that I'm talking to you on now, and every time I have to take four screws out, and uh, I have to be really careful with it, and I just know I'm going to break it one day, and then just have to, I don't know, get a sheet of plastic or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, glass is cool. I can appreciate it, but you shouldn't have glass on both sides like my current case has. So next one, I'm just going back to NZXT. Yeah, I think mine's thermal take. It was a pretty good deal on Amazon, I think. Anyway, right, that's enough rambling. We should get out of here. What are you going to try next then? Is it KDE Neon or are you going to go Manjaro KDE? What do you think? I'm going to still play it safe and do KDE Neon. Manjaro, I think, throws way too much into the mix and there's going to be too much for me to get upset about that I don't understand. Yeah, we have received a bit of criticism for being too Ubuntu-focused, but the bottom line is Ubuntu is probably an order of magnitude more popular than any other Linux distro on the desktop, at least. So you're generally going to have a better time with stuff that's based on it. And you kind of know what you're doing with Ubuntu-based distros now. So I think uh, next time, let's do KDE Neon, and then after that, we'll think about Manjaro or something. Sounds good. And I want to say again, I appreciate everyone's feedback. Like A lot of it was really good. And a lot of it was like, yeah, I can see why I'm just being stupid with the things that I've said. So they kind of reality checked me on some of those. Yeah, good. All right. Well, we'll probably be back in a couple of weeks then. All right. Thanks for having me.